everyone welcome to the daily grind my name is kelly johnson your fun and friendly host we are in episode 25 of season 5 the very best one yet what is up the daily grinders my name is kelly your host as always we have a new segment a new feature that we're doing on social and we want you to be a part of it the daily grind that's the name of our podcast what does the daily grind mean to you our simple phrase following a certain routine every morning to start your day or on a larger scale that shapes the outlook on your life. Submit yours on our direct link form, direct.me slash dailygrindpod. Or visit us on social at dailygrindpod and get featured. introduction short because we have a special guest on today's podcast. I'd like to introduce you to Lauren Teague. Lauren is a marketing expert, business consultant, and founder of FanWagon. FanWagon is an e-commerce resale marketplace where fans can sell their pre-loved merchandise and give it a second life. FanWagon's mission is to create a more sustainable and circular option for the textile industry. So welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you, Kelly. It's so awesome to be here on the grind. It is uh, appropriately, we are up early recording this podcast and uh yeah i'm just super happy to be here yes likewise lauren i'm excited to have you on the show uh share your uh your background your wealth of knowledge with our listeners on today's episode and yes so i guess to get the ball rolling or to to pass the, the mic to you here can you briefly introduce yourself and what you do on your daily grind yeah well like you said uh i'm the founder of fan wagon um you also mentioned that I do marketing uh, consultancy, and um, I also am a speaker. So I have spent most of this year balancing between startup founder and um, still president of my own in-house consultancy um, and my speaking business. So my daily grind, um, it looks a little bit different every day, but I've done a pretty decent job of dividing my time and building a team that allows me to kind of support both sides of the businesses. Um, I'm also a mom of three kids. So their school schedule, they're all thankfully um, going to school together this year. My youngest is in kindergarten. Um, So they're out of the house um, and, you know, they get out of the house about 7.30. Maybe I take them to school. Then I jump right into it. I started going back to the gym this summer, so that's part of it. Whether I I get in before the summer, I was going, you know, before they were up. And now I can kind of work that into what makes sense. So trying to get some physical fitness and movement, trying to get through, uh, you know, the family stuff and the the kid activities. When you have a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 6-year-old, you know, their life kind of rules when they're not in school so um as an entrepreneur and uh on on a couple sides of my business i'm really just trying to um to create the right support systems and create systems in our business to make 
you know, make my life easy or to do the things that I want to do. So there's not really a, like a set routine for the day because every day is different, but I've gotten pretty good at like blocking out. This is for this thing. This day is for this thing. Um, and also with my husband to make sure all the all the family stuff is covered yeah really well said lauren oh uh, yeah family fitness entrepreneur founder list can go on and on quite the grind you have going on that's all you have you on the, on the show today uh yes yeah, so so uh talking into uh fan wagon we mentioned the intro tell us about the origin of it you know how did you come up with the idea uh and did you build off your prior experience you know in sports marketing business consulting to help support this idea tell us more Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So bandwagon actually was one of those things that I didn't really necessarily want to start, but I needed the, I needed the service, um, or the product. And so, uh, as a mom of, um, growing kids, especially when they're little, you know, you get used to kind of changing out their closet every three months, every six months as you've got little ones who are growing. And I started setting aside, you know, you make your hand-me-down pile and then you make like kind of the things that are more special to you. And maybe you want to hold on to or find someone to, to really give that, that item to so that they can make memories with it with their children. Um, for us, a lot of what was in the memory pile or the kind of hang on to were hockey jerseys. Um, my husband's a huge Dallas Stars fan, which is great, but we live in Portland. There's not really a lot of, you know, hockey fans around here that I could just find and, and give those things to. And from my time at the PGA Tour, I had plenty of um, golf apparel and in small golf apparel, like from the Masters tournament and things, and same thing. I was like, man, if I could find a mom in Georgia, she would absolutely love these two-team master polos, but nobody here cares. So how do I find the moms um, who would care as much as this about this as we do and don't want to pay full price or don't want to go because, let's face it, kids are messy. Um, you know, there's there's a condition called play condition on the resale market for a reason. So, um, you know, I know a lot of people who don't want to spend $60 on a polo or on a jersey for their one-year-old, but um, it doesn't mean that they wouldn't want that thing overall. So I kind of kept looking for a website or a Facebook group or something where I could sell these items and connect with other parents. And they just, there just never was. And I checked, you know, repeatedly year after year after year as my files kept growing and uh, it never was. And so when I, when we got through the pandemic, um, about 2021, I was like, you know, this isn't going away for me and no one still has created this thing. What would it take for me to create it? Now I've spent 15 years in digital marketing, in products. I worked for PGA Tour Digital um, and I've done marketing consulting for some of the world's best most interesting brands. So I just kind of looked at my skill set and also what I thought it would take to, to build a new resale marketplace. Is the time right? Is this a good fit for me? Is this a good fit for our family? And all like all the boxes checked and I couldn't really ignore the problem anymore. Um, and then I realized as I was going through some clothing that we have in our closets that I really just hate throwing clothes away, like holy socks, you know, used underwear, and it kind of actually, like, I cringe when you have to, like, throw those things away because there's no other way to recycle them in our society, um, and textile waste is increasingly a huge problem. So once I realized that that was a bigger pain point, <clears throat> excuse me, for me, that's when this was, like, game on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really well said, Lauren. Again, really cool to hear behind the scenes or 
uh, coming across on your, your daily grind, literally, on this idea and where you've grown it today now. Uh, yeah, how long has been uh, Inception? A couple years now? Fan wagon? Well, I started talking about it uh, in 2021. Okay. In 2022, I hired a branding agency. Um, I hired some developers, and we just started to kind of pull together the things. But it's always been, at that point, it was a side project. And then 2023, I cleared my schedule and my priorities to really make it um, something that I'm, I'm absolutely focused on. So it took the better uh, part of kind of through the first part of the year to get it to a place that I was comfortable launching that um, while I was still working within accelerators and uh, and startup communities and that kind of thing. Um, and then through the summer, we soft launched it and then have been building it um, ever since. So with college back to school and pro sports starting again, in the fall, um, just lots of opportunities to talk about how we can use our own fan gear. So whether it's college or professional sports or minor league sports, you know, we all have something that we we wear to represent our teams. Whether you are wearing it for World Cup for the women, um, when you know going back to school or as college football season starts, you know, we all have these things. And so just re- reminding people that there's a better way to trade or swap or to sell. Um, and buy and resell those items um, has been really, really exciting. And uh, we're seeing some traction and pretty excited about where this is going to go. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. I guess perfect time we have guests on the show uh, with uh, uh, FanWagon, female-owned, led, and led uh, startup. Tell us more about, you know, the mission of FanWagon, how you actually implemented the brand. You mentioned it earlier on, or just maybe the meaning behind, you know, the, the hashtag, you know, second fan fashion. Yeah, so... Um, you know, the way that it came together, um, you know, like I said, I, I had some personal, um, ties to kind of what I felt was the mission was to, you know, one, create a new way for people like me to swap in and resell what's in my closet. Um, you know, I like Poshmark, I like Depop and Mercari, but those things are kind of for everything. Um, I'm, I'm a millennial, so I don't necessarily love eBay and I don't love kind of the marketplaces we grew up with. So to be able to create, um, one from scratch, a marketplace from scratch that is set up with things that I find really interesting. And I think other people do too, like being able to tag any product based on many different attributes. So we can actually see over time for, you know, for example, the Portland Timbers and Portland Thorns are hometown teams of ours. Um, I would love to see over time, like which scarves are in most high demand or which era of Jersey, um, what colors are most in high demand for kind of that, that second resale, um, of that product. And we don't have any data around that. We don't know, like, does my Oregon trail scarf of, you know, the timbers, like, is it rare? Is it not rare? Is it, you know, um, is it have more value than just sitting in my closet? So some of those things kind of tie into the mission of the brand of, of, you know, making something for fans by fans that celebrate, that truly does celebrate fandom and allows us to, um, you know, to, to share that with each other by helping make new memories with, um, with the gear that we have. So that's kind of how it kind of all packages for me. I was really focused on core values. Um, so being women led, uh, and being a bootstrap founder is, you know, it's hard. And so where I can support, um, female founders, where I can support, um, 
you know, other minority groups like the LGBTQ community, right? Women in sports, um, things like that. It just makes sense to kind of bring that in. So we are trying to be more inclusive. We're trying to be more accessible. We are doing things like not really identifying as a male or a female product, but as an adult or a child. And then we're using attributes like fit to really define what the wear looks like. So for example, like a crop or a feminine fit or a tight fit or loose or baggy. That's actually how we think about our clothing, but it's not how it's sold to us at retail. And so those are things that, you know, just by changing some of the language or using measurements instead of retail sizes, especially because a lot of vintage wear, you know, is sized differently and across the board things are sized differently. Men and women, if they want to wear a jersey, they want to wear the jersey that fits and doesn't matter who it's cut for necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, These are all things that we can adjust on the resale side a lot easier than changing a whole face of retail. Um, And so, you know, by putting that in at the beginning, allowing people to understand what's different about this space, but it's a safe space for a lot of people um, and trying to put women's sports alongside men's sports um, and show equality Mm -hmm. there. Like those are all things that are like driven from my personal values, but it's my company. So I get to bake that in. Uh, Mm -hmm. I get to bake that into what our company is about. And so I think when you look at um, what the differentiators are between FanWagon and other markets um, and how that kind of mission plays out. Like, it, it's pretty clear to me, and I hope that it starts to be really clear for other people that, um, you know, we are an inclusive site. It's um, it's an innovative site, and we're all about sustainability and helping people just be better people and through the choices that we make. Yeah, really well said. Yeah, I was just going to mention that innovative inclusivity uh, key point, in addition, just being the, you know, the online marketplace for uh, to connect those buyers and sellers of of choice here in sports. Uh, Can you talk on more on the uh, sustainability effort of just uh, being able to from a textile waste and disposable fashion perspective, um, maybe some knowledge for our listeners tuning today's episode, um, how FanWagon has the pillar of sustainability here and helps addressing that problem absolutely absolutely so i know you know we probably all have more clothing um than we need uh Mm -hmm. in our closets and i certainly i'm guilty of that and i'm sure a lot of your listeners are in the sports industry and i feel like when you work in sports you get things all the time right whether it's like a co-branded item or you've gone to this thing and someone's you know left it on your 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 chair um, and so we kind of start to acquire all of these things. Well, the, the habit that most Americans have ingrained is taking something from their closet and then disposing of it at a secondhand store like Goodwill or, you know, that kind of facility. So what's really interesting is when you dive into that, Goodwill and other secondhand stores across America only can resell about 30% of the textiles that they take in. So they have like a 90 to 120 day like shelf life for the products that they bring in, right? And if it doesn't sell within that time, then they bundle it and then they will package it for, you know, shipment overseas, or it's gonna go to a landfill or an incinerator at that point. And so while our, you know, we are thinking like, oh, it's okay, I've given it to Goodwill and they're gonna take care of it. We're actually just adding that as a step uh, to kind of, help our our own feelings about throwing clothes away right so if we knew that like 
we're all responsible on average each american is responsible for a hundred pounds of textile waste every year which means that there are like now over 17 tons of textiles hitting landfills and incinerators in america every year um and as we know like fast fashion isn't going away uh the clothing swaps and things that so to have we have to have more circular options and that's a huge reason why fan wagon is a cool option for people who are specifically looking for sports fan apparel and trying to avoid, you know, that the, both the feeling and the knowledge of like, oh, it's just getting thrown away or it's going to cause problems for someone else down the road. I would much rather know that the hockey jerseys that my kids grew up wearing are going to another family and they're going to cheer on the same team in those jerseys. They're going to go to games. They're going to go to practices. They're going to represent my team in their community with the stuff that my kids got to wear. Um, so for that reason, uh, you know, those are kind of part of the things. But that, a, a couple of those stats, when we did some research with college students in um, the spring term, that just blew their mind that we are so, we are all responsible for so much textile waste, even when we think that we're diverting it um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a smart way, but truly um, you know, it's just creating more problems. So we have to, as a culture, have to create more ways to reuse um, and rewear more things before it even becomes a recycling issue. Yeah, really well said. Again, uh, providing us with educating us on today's episode with uh, the importance of sustainability, uh, ways as a fan we can do our part, but also um, on the flip side, uh, the organizations that we work with, the brands that we purchase, uh, items that we wear uh, to and from the game or wherever we're cheering our our local team at, um, or even playing in sports. So uh, really well said. Yeah, Yeah, how Like you said, uh, like, sorry, the sports teams and leagues all have green responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Right. They all have sustainability plans or these kinds of responsibilities. But if you dig into the plans, they're really relying on things like their stadiums and buildings are LEED certified. We're using eco compostables in our, you know, to serve people, which, again, super all important. But no one is touching textiles because one, they want to keep selling more of it, and which is fair. And two, like it's a dirty problem. So there's not a great solution for that yet so you know my goal is to make fan wagon the official resale site for the timbers army and for portland trailblazers fans and for the nwsl and the wnba and and so on and so on and so on so that fans know if i want something if i want the latest jersey i might go to fanatic but if i want the the vintage or if i want the resale increasingly more people are um both comfortable with and tuned into and opt into sustainable shopping like resale. So it's, you know, it's a problem, not just like for the consumer, but also the sports leagues and teams who have this responsibility in the stated sustainability goals. Um, this is definitely a way for them to, you know, to work towards that in a way that they haven't before. Yeah, really well said. Again, uh, really great to hear. Uh, we wish you all the best uh, future success uh, from the Daily Podcast team and everything and in, in solving these problems but also providing a solution uh, that's affordable sustainable I- inclusive the list could go on and on in- innovative uh to to our audience here uh talk about you know how has the transition been from you know shifting your focus on consulting uh to starting your brand or you're doing you're wearing multiple hats kind of right now I was, yeah. yeah yeah um so it's been a grind for sure uh that is definitely where that's kind of and I started the year with a really strong intention to be fan wagon first um, through most of the year. Um, but it is a tech product, and tech products are rarely delivered on time. 
So that's just kind of, that was part of that struggle. Um, in the meantime, I got to build and launch my own podcast, The Brand of Fan Show. Um, and so I had been working on the podcast. I had still been taking on some consulting clients, um, but I did run out of my runway, right? The, the, what I had set aside to kind of, so I got that whole like classic entrepreneurship journey of like, oh, things are good. Oh, things are really hard. How am I going to do this? How am I going to change? And so I've actually doubled down on some of the, on my consulting side of being more accessible. So I've released a lot more digital products on my own website, laurenteague.com. Um, and kind of uncovered a lot of my digital dust using the help of AI to to make those things really available to people who still want them and still need that. That way I can I can work on um, like really specific engagements with clients so I can go in for two or three days and work with them on a very specific strategy that instead of taking three months, now I can do it in two, two to three days. And then they have three months to really start to build and execute that. It's a better use of everybody's time, and it still respects my time as a founder as I'm building the team over at Bandwagon. Oh, that's really great to hear. And you mentioned earlier on the episode, uh, time blocking. Uh, I utilize that a lot uh, from a podcasting standpoint and on my daily grind uh, in multiple uh, mediums as a whole. Uh, speaking of, you know, as an entrepreneurial, wearing that hat, do you wish that you would have learned something prior to launching this business or advice for our listeners on today's show that have a passion project that they're working on they want to go full-time with? Um, that helped you overcome challenges or things that when you were starting the company? Yeah. So I equate this to being a parent because as we record this, it's one of my children's birthdays. <laughs> um, and so I, uh, being pregnant the first time and like trying to, you know, kind of wrap your head around all the stories that people tell you about having a child and being a parent. And you're like, okay, yeah, I totally understand. And then as soon as it happens, you're like, Oh, I could completely could not even comprehend all of those things. I, I listened to it. I like absorbed it, but I didn't until I experienced it. It wasn't really like a thing for me. And now that I know, um, I feel like entrepreneurship is a lot like that. You hear the stories, you read the books, you, you listen to mentors, you, you do the accelerators. And until you are in the thick of it and it really hits you, um, you know, you can absorb all you want to absorb and prepare as much as you want to prepare. But you really have to know how you're going to get through the the hard times. And the hard times could be financially. It could be you're sitting on a pile of orders. It could be that you're so popular um, that everybody wants a piece of you, right? Like there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of different hard times. And so spending that time absorbing and preparing and just kind of writing it down has been really helpful for me. Um, so just going to know like you're going to not, no until you finally experience that um but having a good group of people around you like a few people that you can call when things get um good and bad um those people are you know really really important to help you keep going that's great yeah to continue to uh feel your grind in a sense uh support squad uh the community and vice versa two-way street uh always open to you know sharing your experience uh with others but also not just voicing it on this platform but uh being a resource and uh being able to for our next gen our our, our young daily grinders out there looking to level up their yeah. game in their respective industry uh really great to hear do you have uh any other advice for start uh um daily grinders starting their own business or um, things that you have learned or uh, shared on your podcast that you want to uh, 
bring up on today's episode? Well, my podcast is all about fandom. It's mm-hmm. called The Brand of Fan Show, and it really impacts how fandom works in society and how mm-hmm. it kind of works for each each of us individually. But then how, as a company, you can kind of re-engineer or use fandom to your advantage. And so on my podcast, I speak with business leaders and experts and authors and, um, and people who have grown businesses that people love. Mm-hmm. And what we're finding is, like, everybody comes at it from a different point. But finding that, that human connection is so important. And so whether it's um, as an entrepreneur, you have so many different stakeholders. You have the people who are personally invested in you, the founder, but may not never use your product. You have people who are going to potentially be invested in your company. Um, and so they're expecting a different kind of outcome. And then your, you know, your team, your internal team, and who you're building um, to take that road with you. And then, of course, all your customers, your stakeholders, your partners. So there's so many different people. And what I've learned on the Brand of Fan Show is that you can actually use the powers of fandom to bring all those people along. So it requires communication and, and timely updates and, uh, and, and showing up very human and not showing up as, you know, kind of like, a, oh, yeah, it's the thing or I'll get back to you. But like really investing the time in the relationships with the people who are invested in you. Mm-hmm. Again, whether it's financially, whether it's um, emotionally, whether it's they're actually spending their days working on your behalf. Um, when you invest in those relationships, they get paid back tenfold. Yeah, really well said, Lauren. Uh, really great to hear, and we'll put in the show notes where to find uh, Lauren's podcast as well, so you tune in in addition to the, the podcast here. Uh, speaking of FanWagon, uh, if you want to provide, provide us with any teasers, some insights, discussing any future plans or upcoming projects, uh, just a little something-something on, on the show, if, you, if you'd like. Yeah, well, we, mm-hmm. if I'd like. Um, well, we continue <laughs> to iterate on the site, so... Um, you know, getting more vendors on that have, um, you know, anybody can sell on FanWagon. So if you have one or two things in your closet, you can create a profile, you can take the pictures and the, the platform is designed to help the, help the sellers sell their items to buyers who are looking for those things. So whenever anything comes to the site, we're looking at it and we're looking at like, okay, who's the right buyer for this? And we're getting data from our our users on what they're looking for in size and fit and color and team and and we're trying to kind of pair those up so anybody can sell um but i'm making a concerted effort to find people who are you know have a hobby of reselling or semi-professionally reselling maybe even have a store like a vintage store that they want to have a better dedicated like e-commerce um solution for their sports uh apparel and so that's kind of what i'm going after this fall um, and then we're also looking to raise our first round of investment. Um, so working really hard on that as well um, so that we can, you know, get a cushion and really build the features of FanWagon that have been in my heart all along. Um, you know, when you build kind of the first thing, I'm much more like a, it has to be perfect and it has to be done. And as a founder, you have to think about it the other way, right? So it's just, it's curious, it's gonna live like this for now we're going to iterate and improve on it. Um, so those are just a couple of the things that we're working on. And of course, I'm interested in kind of hearing what people are, want from the site or if they want to get involved in the site and, um, you know, building a team, building partnerships, like, like we're starting from the ground. So um, kind of all of those things are, are just kind of stair stepping and 
um, and whatever squawks the loudest that day kind of gets my attention. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Uh, excited. Uh, we'll be, uh, again, following you virtually from the daily podcast, daily ground podcast team. Uh, as always, uh, future is bright and, uh, yeah, the best is yet to come. Awesome. Uh, speaking of the daily grind, uh, Lauren, that's the name of our show. What does the daily grind mean to you? You know, I think it's just putting one foot in front of the other and just getting through it. You know, sometimes your daily grind is going to feel like a walk on the beach and sometimes it's going to feel like a walk in a hurricane. And, uh, and I think for me, the most important part is just always just kind of putting one foot in front of the other, um, and, and getting through it. So, um, you know, that's when I think of what a daily grind looks like, you know, I think about grinding it out as a parent or as a wife, um, or as an entrepreneur or as someone who's traveling to go speak, you know, it's not necessarily for me about like the routine and the daily accomplishments and like the set schedule. But it's just making sure that you're making progress every day to be a better human. That's that's great. Really well said. I love the definition. We have to rebrand our, our show here with that with that tagline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, in, in closing, Lauren, we we talked about your daily schedule. You have quite the grind again. Uh, you know, helping serve your family. Uh, you know, getting that fitness, that balancing. Entrepreneur as a founder. Uh, list could go on and on. Uh, what's on your daily grind later this year, you know, back half of 2023 or even looking into the new year? Sure. Um, you know, I'm really just focused on, you know, kind of that day by day incremental growth on Van Wagen. So it's, you know, it's, it's bringing in new users. It's talking to more people. It's, um, it's getting that there. And then, um, you know, my son just started playing travel hockey for the first time. So that's also kind of a different kind of day of, <laughs> of grind for us and our family. Um, it's just making sure that it all comes together um, and or comes along together. And the kids have been helping me on the business um, all summer long. So this isn't new to them. Like they understand we're a startup family. Um, it's changed a few of the things that they need. So I would really like to get to the point where I can reward them with uh, probably a Disney trip in 2024 and, uh, and kind of show them the, the efforts of their hard work um, and allowing me to work hard pays off. So it's kind of just like just chugging along, but, you know, trying to put some fun milestones in there, too, that we can all work together as a family. That's great. Yeah. One step at a time. Uh, Exciting travels ahead. Uh, Wish you all the best uh, fun. And, uh, yeah, keeping up the grind, as we say on the podcast. Uh, Lauren, story very inspirational on today's episode. Do you have a word of the day to motivate our listeners out there or even a quote, saying, mantra? Um, I've said it actually a couple times here because now it's just part of my kind of my vocabulary, but I really live by the motto of we can all be better humans or let's all be better humans. Um, And I think in today's world, for a lot of reasons, that's just one I I carry with me. So that's, that's my filter is just what I'm, what I'm spending my time on, what I'm, you know, what I'm personally invested in, how I'm raising my children, you know, the community that we're building, um, is it inspiring or helping other people be a better person um, for the world? And I hope that answer is always yes. Yeah, really well said. I think that quote fits perfectly with your story, what encompasses what you're looking to do out here in the world, uh, inspiring us on today's episode, but also uh, help, helping grow Fanwag and uh, becoming a more sustainable circular option for the textile industry. Last but not least, uh, Lauren, if listeners have questions, comments, want to get in touch with you, want to learn more about Fanwag and want to buy or and or sell, on the platform how can we do so 
Yeah, well, you would go to fanwagon.com, and one thing we haven't said is it's F-A-N-W-A-G-N, so there's no O. It's a nod to, like, those um, tech companies of, like, the early 2000s and that I kind of came up with. Um, so no O on Fanwagon, but F-A-N-W-A-G-N.com. Um, we have an Instagram, a TikTok. Um, you know, you'll find us everywhere that brands are supposed to be on social media. Um, personally, I'm Lauren T. Teague everywhere on socials, and my website is Lauren Teague. Dot com and my podcast is the brand of fan show um and you can find that too at brandofan.show or wherever you get your podcasts wonderful yes we'll put all the goodies where to find lauren fanway and, and the pod in today's show notes as always thanks again for tuning today's episode a big thank you to lauren for being on the podcast thanks for tuning into the daily grind this week you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Daily Brian Pod. Please also remember to visit our website, www.kjfwi.org, and shop our merch. Until next time, my name is Kelly Johnson, and have a great day. This episode was produced by the Kelly Johnson Foundation with music composed by Connor Christian. 